Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 421, part two. We were lizards. I hope you enjoyed part one. If if you've missed part one, go and catch it because there's so many good stories. I sat down with Bill, a.k.a. Discotech Credits, Ross, a.k.a. DJ Destruction, Stu, a.k.a. Stu, and Chris, a.k.a. Redshift Rebels. Oh, that was the plan. As you will have heard from part one, Chris didn't turn up. And we thought, oh, we'll start chatting. I'm sure he'll he'll drop in at some point. You've seen that part one's a full episode and there's no sign of Chris yet. Will he arrive in this episode or has he missed the whole thing? Time will tell. But yeah, we used to run a club night called We Are Lizards. I said all this in the previous intro, but we stopped it two years ago, almost to the day, and we thought we'd get together. It was high time to have a bit of a reunion and a bit of a a reflection on days gone by. And as I said, there's an accompanying Spotify playlist. Um, I'm sure I'll tweet that out or put it in the description or whatever else. Yeah, I won't ramble on too much. Speech of com, patreon.com forward slash rubiuspip. You know the drill. But this is episode, this is part two of episode four to one of the Distraction Pieces podcast. We were lizards. talk about Zane because he also did a bit where he was just I think it was Rage Against the Machine he was playing and it was building up fuck you I won't do what you tell me building up to the kick in um and just before it kicks in he paused it and turned to me and went you you, you good pip how's it going and just chatted in a, in silence and then unpaused it and let it drop <laughs> and everyone just lost their shit it was of the slickest shit, and it caused me, it then inspired me at a future date to have Stu's favourite moment of my set. And do you, do you want to talk about watch this? 100%. Go on. Go on, mate. You was DJing, uh, and we was just sort of chatting in the, in the booth in, in between you, sort of queuing up your songs. And you was looking all pleased with yourself, and it was busy, and... I don't know if we've been speaking about that moment when Zane kind of paused it and just took that couple of seconds and, and made the little joke of like, all right, and then just dropped it back in. He was like, and you just went, something happened. And obviously as a promoter and a DJ, I've got that, you, you get that panic when it goes quiet of like, oh shit, what's happened? And I had that split second kind of like gut-wrenching feeling. And then you sort of looked at me and went, watch this. And then went to drop it back in, but it just double paused, and it went, and then you had to prove it again. And and now you just think this is gold, or, or it's even worse than that. Because what happened was, I'm there, I'm doing my thing, and I'm like, I'm going to do a zane. So I do, I pull it out to silence, and then I pause, and then I press play, but I've not put the fader back up. So nothing happens. That was it. And then I push it again. And then I put the fader, the fader back up and it's paused on itself going. And then I had to just go back to the start and press play. And it was, yeah, it was Watch horrendous. This. It was the one time I was a bit drunk. I was a bit. And again, you've got to bear in mind, I started DJing at, at Lizards really 
I DJ'd a bit in my bedroom and stuff like that, and I got to go on in prime slots. So, so, so I, it felt like it felt like when I went up and did the fringe after already building a fan base, it felt like I'd got to to fast forward. I'd got out of all the the horrible no crowd DJ to an empty room and got to go straight into the. I'm starting with Anthony up. Everyone's going mental. So yeah, th- that obviously extended my confidence briefly to to beyond my abilities and that that was ripped right back down in that moment and in another moment where I dropped a track I was mixing in a track and I dropped it and then panicked because one drum beat had gone in oh it was all I needed it was all I needed and it was fucking glorious one drum beat and I you saw the panic on my face again through my lizard mask and it was two it was two snare hits that's all it was and then I'd on the next one, I saw you rushing over and you went, was that Spin Doctor's Two Princes? <laughs> and it was. For some reason, I had Spin Doctor's Two Princes and I'd put, I said it was on the wrong track and I just started and, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Can I, can I shout out a couple of like guests that I, yeah. I, I thought were like brilliant? Sam Duckworth, Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly. Yeah, what a set. Um, Sam come and done a set of seven-inch vinyl. And it was quite early doors, and it was just absolutely amazing. He just played like some scar. He just played a real, some really good kind of like All mixed um, in perfectly, and just yeah. feeling like like changing genres, but it not feeling jarring. And with v- vinyl as well, it's just yeah, loads of rare bits as well, like loads yeah. of Amy Winehouse stuff that no one, no one would have got, like Dat Kings yeah. and stuff like that. And I'll say like whatever, just great selection. Yeah, that hundred percent. And, and and you can you can hear that on Spotify that he's uploaded that uh, as a playlist to, to Spotify. Uh, Sam's set there, and just one more memory of a, a DJ that was just brilliant and really made me laugh was when Huey Morgan come and DJ'd. Yeah, and Huey just played some great records and had finished his set, and you followed him, and obviously started with Anti Up and. I guess sometimes when that's quite rebel rousing in that song, isn't it? It's a call of arms to which sometimes people are like, you know, we'll, we'll throw the little gun fingers in the air or yeah. whatever. And like, you know, Huey, for some reason, seemed to forget where he was. Well, I presume he forgot where he was because um, he just decided in the DJ's uh, booth in the middle of the club to light up a very fragrant cigarette. And I remember just thinking, and I just then just clock all the security, just going, like sniffing, going like, well, what's that? And I remember just thinking, <laughs> how do I deal with this? And yeah. I chose to just run away. <laughs> just run away. <laughs> Mate, there's nothing that makes you feel cooler than smoking with Huey Morgan from the Fun Loving Criminals. I remember the first song <laughs> we went on his radio show, me and Dan were in the lobby early at Six Music and he comes rushing down, kind of double takes and clocks us and goes, like, are you on the show? Come outside. And he's sneaking out the back to smoke a fragrant cigarette at the BBC. <laughs> and we were just stood there like, oh, I feel like we're, we're with the cool the cool older kid in school. This Brilliant. A slickness. But, I mean, well, speaking of radio, though, I want to have a little chat about From the Book Club to the Beatdown with XFM because I had a radio show on, on XFM for a while and both Ross and Bill were kind of parts of that and were key parts of the of me 
get into like it was a show that I only did for a year, but it won an award. But it was because we did unusual shit. One section was Ross's. A, a let's take it back to the old school, and back that came old completely school. from you scratching that. Let's take it back to the old school loop, and then going into the Jackson Five and j- jump, jump around, around all the big party all classics. Sorts of stuff. So you did a few of them on 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 on, on the beat yeah. down. And beat Bill, down. you did one or two kind of like history of of certain g- g- genres and stuff like that. So yeah, how was that to kind of work on and and mess about with Bill? Go on, Ross. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed that because um, I think I did a, a KRS-One tribute. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. doing that? That was really cool, and I really enjoyed doing that, pulling out all the old KRS-One yeah. tracks. And you even done a bit of a chat about the history of BBP. Yeah, oh, that was it. On on a lot of the on the Take It Back to the Old Schools, yeah. I'd write kind of a history of them. So I'd tell you where I need you to come down or how long I need you to come out for. And you'd cut these tracks up and yeah. I'd speak over them. And it made this amazing bit of radio. Yeah. So we'd start with um, the instrumentals. Yeah. You'd be chatting about, say, yeah, BDP, yeah, yeah, yeah. KRS-One. And uh, you'd be like, destruction, take it away. Yeah. And then we'd just go right through the history of um, KRS-One yeah. and BDP. That was all good. Yeah, we put together some good kind of lizards style sets yeah, for your yeah, show a little like a 20 minute mix or whatever yeah and bill done some amazing sets as well because i remember tuning in to listen to his sets i remember being, which was fantastic when my first set, set went out i was in tunisia and i was on holiday and i it was about three in the morning like the time difference and i went to the bar and i got a rum and coke and sat at the bar listening to the beatdown live on xfm stream listening to myself my, my mix yeah. and look i look around to, like you're like i'm on and no one's there. It's just me. And even my girlfriend at the time was in bed. And I'm just like, yeah, just crazy. But it's some of my favourite things I've ever done. Because it was you saying to me on a Monday night, Bill, I need this mix on Thursday. And I've got an idea of what we can do. Can you do it? And then you just yeah. like, right. And like, when we did, we did a couple that I'm really proud of. We did one that was like cover versions. So it was like really obscure yeah. hip hop covers. Ah, oh, that's the yeah, one I remember. A lot, lot of fun brilliant. to do, and like um, Brazilian and and South American cover versions, uh, yeah. like hip hop, um, indie bands covering hip hop tunes, yeah. and mixed all together. And that was good because it's really short, ten minutes, just you know, fire it off. And then um, the, my favourite one, it took a lot of time to do, was I took the original samples of those records and took the acapellas and put them together. So you reconstructed the tracks, which is yeah. a quite quite a wanky DJ thing to do, but That's you were great. taking those old funk and soul records. And the favourite one of that was I took the Enya sample from, come on, help me out, guys, from... Uh, Orinoco Flow. Yeah, from uh, Fuji's. Fuji, and put the, yeah. and I time-stretched it and put the Fuji's rap lyrics on it. I think you'd done a, a, a show before, Pip, about acapellas and the power yeah. of the acapella. Yeah. And that acapella is incredible. When you just put it over with no beats, it just really worked. And I, it, I think I, I, I leaked it and put it out in the end because it was just a cool little three-minute interlude. But, yeah, man, that was just a really good alternative hip-hop show, right? And we could yeah. we did fair games, did whatever we wanted, and we did. And that was, yeah, they're... Um, I don't know where they live. I need to dig those mixes out and put them, put them up somewhere because it was oh, I was going to say, all the fun. old episodes of the show, I think, are on Mixcloud. Mixcloud. I was yeah. just going to say that. They were uploaded. So, so um, I think it's XFM. Them, yeah. yeah. Good shit. And another thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was art versus the artist because early days, I used to l- 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 love doing a mix of Chance the Rapper Juice 
into R. Kelly Ignition. And the more that came out about R. Kelly, I was no longer comfortable playing him in the clubs. And same with Michael Jackson. And I remember that all of us had eased off a bit. And I remember when Carol DJed once and she went straight from Jacko into R. Kelly. And I was like, well, Carol don't give a fuck <laughs> in, in, in her choices. But like, did you guys have much consideration of that kind of thing? Because we were still doing the club night when that big Jacko documentary came out um, and things like that. So it was like, Jacko has made s- some of the most danceable tracks of all time, but there was a period where it definitely felt, I was like, I'm not f- feeling this. Yeah, I, I, I had to cut out, a, a, I think for when the, that documentary came out, because I played yeah. Billie Jean and Don't Stop Till yeah. You Get Enough. And uh, I think I cut them out for a little... Well, a- your Billie Jean beat matching bit was one of yeah. my favourite bits of your set that you'd do all that, the that time. That was one of yeah. the highlights, one of the highlights of my set. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to miss this now. But I think I brought it back about after a month and and, and, and the crowd were digging it. it I was going to say, it's, it's, it's different with your set because you cut so many things in and out. So it doesn't feel like it lingers long enough to feel uncomfortable, if you know what I mean. But It's literally yeah. in and out, literally for 30 seconds to a minute yeah. per track. Yeah. And if, if you didn't like yeah, it, then it's gone. Move tough. On. What about you, <laughs> it's Bill? Gone. Did you take much consideration on that? Yeah, I think in a world of cancel culture, there's some things that should be cancelled. And I do, I actually do think that if you're a good DJ, and well, I think we all are, you, you can dig deep and find other records. R. Kelly, specifically, just because I don't even think some of those records are club bangers, but they're... they're they slip through that, the noughties period and the production's not timeless. So I could easily not play that. Yeah. MJ stuff, people still ask for it every weekend. And there's yeah. a lot of disco edits and remixes. But I don't know. I've tried to not play them. I do think as time goes on, they'll all just come back because the mu- if you separate the art from the artist, the art is, we, I don't know, we want to get into it. You know, Joker with Gary Glitter as that record in that moment. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it works, but... It's, there's so much under undertones to it. Why it should happen? Why it should not happen? Yeah, can you have a hip hop? I think you're night without R. Kelly. Completely right, though, Bill. End of the day, with a lot of it, there's so many tracks right. you, you you could play. You know, and I just felt, yeah, it's for me. I said ignition and juice was again. That was that might have been the original idea for the slow section, Stu. Because I know Chance the rapper was a doing it don't. He'd only done his EPs at that point, but it was all quite chill and quite sexy and not what you'd expect in a club night set. So maybe that was where I was like, here's where I'm going to have, have the s- slow section. But well, We were yeah. quite lucky because there was waves of like new music, new artists, and then it would go a little bit quiet and we could go reflective and play some old stuff. And I, I do think at that time that was kicking in, there was a lot of a, a, a whole new wave of a new generation of hip hop, especially stuff he's playing on the beatdown pit. It wasn't... Yeah. A little bit of old music, but a lot, a lot of new music, and some of that worked in the club. So I think we did. Well, I know I did, and also I want to mention we oh, were Vic there Mensner. for yeah. Vic Mensner was one that I'd play his brand new singles that aren't out yet, or bootleg tapes stuff that he'd done, and it would go off time and time again. He's not someone that particularly blew up in the UK, particularly at that point, but that'd be regulars in my in my set, and Gambino as well, kind of before Gambino had really become that mainstream, I'd play him all the time in the club and it'd, it'd work. Yeah, Chance the Rapper, 
and like we were there for like the the second rise of grime as well. So yeah. Skepta, JME, Wiley, yeah. and it, we like it was amazing. Stormzy to, as well. Stormzy have a club night where you could and it worked. The audience didn't really separate grime from trap, from drill, from hip hop. You like I remember you, like Skepta. I mean that was the, that record was I can't well everyone then, knows how huge it was, but it was a because club of our ages as well. We got to have a lot of fun with that, and again m- mixing. Getting to the end of that's not me and just dropping in I I I love you and going into dizzy was always a favourite for me and then going about from yeah from the new rise of grime to the old school grime was bags of fun yeah absolute club fuel and like just yeah a lot of fun it's just good and like I say the, the history some club nights don't last the test of time they limp along because we had that amazing run we definitely see genres come and go but we could then just put in our sets which yeah a lot, a lot of fun as we start to, to wrap things up i want each of you to come up with five essential tracks for your sets at lizards um i'll go first i almost always started with anti anti up and i do a little thing where i'd cue it up on both decks and cut back and forth and have it slightly out of time completely learn off of ross completely learn how if he did the billy <laughs> jean thing i'd just have it slightly off time so it can go yeah can go go back and forth so i'll have anti up and then i'd go into often the the a team awesome remix of it's bigger than hip-hop of hip-hop by dead prez which is always a banger i always love playing a ramalama ding dong because that'd always catch people off guard but everyone would be dancing and I knew it was only I think it's a minute 30 or something so it was one of them where I was like it's not that big a risk the Hackney Colliery Band um, a prodigy medley would again always go off I know when Bill would play it he'd drop it in a minute or two in but I'd love that I'd love that period of people thinking what the the fuck is this there was a real buzz for me on that on certain tracks I was like I know that when they get it it's going to go off but i'm going to enjoy this period of people going oh, what's going on and then it's, it kicks in two minutes of the horns of jericho right yeah like, yeah and no, like people know or they don't know i'd cut like, in a little bit early I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd go forward a bit but i'd still have a period of that building and then it'd go into outer space very cool that lose their shit and the other one i'm going to go for is a uh, what's the name the cover of fast car no, Fox, in fact, Foxy Brown. Yeah, the Foxy Brown cover of Fast Car, which I nicked off of um, of of Don Letts. I'm trying to think now. Do you remember who did the the Shape of You mix? In fact, I've got it on my desktop still. Eshauna did a song called Equal Rights, which used the beat and everything from Shape of You by Ed Sheeran, and that was perfect because you start to mix that that in, and because it was a big pop song, it'd get a big reaction, and then her reggae vocal would come in and it was all about equal rights and about how men should eat pussy and how she drinks her pineapple juice so it tastes good and all of this and it'd just be such a switch so yeah that's my five essentials i think i'll knock off the foxy brown because i said that that was one and that was always a buzz if you had a guest as 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 ross mentioned earlier with eddie temple morris if you had a guest that played something that you were like Oh, I need to know what that is and add that to my my collection. It was always a buzz because you get to see the reaction and then think about now where's that going to go in, in my set when they're not here in a month. 
So who wants to go next with their five, Bill? Five. Um, all right, new new tunes. So 3005 by Childish Gambino. Yeah. I just love playing that in the club. Like, I yeah. just love it as a record. So that was always get a good rep. I, I, I always loved hearing that because that was a favourite of mine, but I'd never found a way to get it into a set for some reason. And you'd drop it in seamlessly. So that was always, that got a pop from me. That was fun. I've got a, a Otis by Kanye and Jay-Z just yeah. as a... Here we go, start set. So I used to yeah. play that and I used to love playing that. All Night by Chance the Rapper, which was like a dancey track, but yeah. like a, like Dilla vibes, and that was always really good. What else have we got? How many is that? Uh, That's three, right? N-E-R-D. So I'm not going to say lap, lap dance. I'm going to say Lemon with Rihanna. Like, right, again, yeah. that was a new tune that was good to play. Um, and I did a mashup of Simon Says by Pharaoh Monch and a Jamaican dancehall artist, I forget the name of, who made Tingling. Oh, God. Anyway, and it was like a dub plate for me, and yeah. that saved saved my ass a couple of times where people are getting limping along a bit. That or I should it. mention, if people go on my YouTube and on SoundCloud, I think, there's a, a load of the lizard mixes that I made or me and Chris made, and one of them was, was Simon Says with that Nero track that just yeah. it went perfect. That was amazing. It that always used to go off when so you used to drop well, that. Because it's, yeah, it just built perfectly. For the full nine years yeah. we was at the book club or doing all these We Are Lizards, that always just the, went It's off. the, are you ready? Do you know? I feel it. Then it'd build up and up and up. Then it'd just go, get the fuck up. <laughs> and there was also the Dizzy, the Dizzy Rascal yeah, mashup. With, um, which you put with. It was Dizzy with. Oh, um, what was it? What's that band? I can hear it in my head. Vampire Weekend. Vampire Weekend, yeah. Another another mashup that used to go off. Yeah, that used to to work. The Team Awesome remix of Balls on Parade by Rage was pretty hefty too. That used to get dropped quite regular. That was big. Who wants to go next? Go on, Ross. Shall I go next? Well, a a good I think my very first set I played at the book club, um, I kicked it off. When was it Red yeah. Man Smash Something? That always goes off because it's got yeah. a huge intro on it. I know it's one of Yoda's yeah. favourite records as well. Another tracks, probably a mashup that I do live is Take It Back to the Old School, which we spoke about earlier, which yeah. got used for yeah. the beatdown XFM show into the Jackson yeah. Five. Ding. I want you back. Ding, ding, ding. And you'd always get a massive, massive cheer when that used to drop. And you'd build it. You'd you'd make that. You'd 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 cut that intro in a few times, so people would start doing the ah, like, and it wouldn't come yet. So yeah, yeah. And and then after that, I'd kind of drop in with crisscross jump, and then the place would just absolutely lose it. Another track, uh, DMX up in here. Always a banger. Always a banger. Rest in peace. Um, Oh, how many is that? Yep. Is that about four? four. Um, a fifth one, Beastie Boys yeah. Intergalactic. That'd go off, wouldn't it? Yeah, Another yeah, yeah, banger. Yeah. yeah. But in my sets, it's difficult to say because I'd have about 40 to 50 tracks that I'd drop in a one-hour yeah. set. In an hour-long set, you'd get 40 to 50 tracks comfortably. I'd often <laughs> film a bit and then be like, I'm going to go out, f- out for some fresh air, thinking we're about half an hour in. It's like, oh, he's seven minutes into his set. All right. <laughs> I we, we used to have a running joke pip do you remember we used to go um what records you're going to play tonight and then we just go well ross has played all the records all yeah. the records yeah, <laughs> all yeah. Ross has yeah. Played them all. 
All of them. I have to play a few of Ross's again. (laughs) Stu, what what five have you gone for and what now that's what I call music compilation are they off of? They're they're not on a now compilation. (laughs) They're on hot joints. God's sake. Hot joints. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Don't kill no filler. Absolutely, mate. Red hot. So uh, I'm going to go for... Uh, so obviously my set was early doors, so I'd kind of I could get away with playing some sort of slower stuff that had a nice vibe to it. So um, yeah. I used to like always playing uh, "Only Love Can Break Your Heart" by Saint Etienne. Um, it's yeah. a wonderful record that I've been playing that for thirty years. No, 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 you don't love me by Dawn. That Penn. was your trademark, of course, tr- track. We'd know that. Right great record that Stu was on. and it, it's it is a great record and you know it's got that little kind of stabby bit at the beginning but then as soon as that snare drops and the bass drops in it's just it, everybody gets their sexy on and it's like it's, it's yeah it's a good little kind of quarter to ten tune that that starts to sort of pick things up and get everyone to the floor that has a very similar kind of feel to it as my third track which will be Beats International uh that'd be good to me Mm-hmm. Shout out to Lindy Layton, who come and DJ'd many times, who vocaled yeah. that. And killer, what a killer DJ. DJ. Such a great good DJ. DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go for Beats International. Obviously, uh, uh, for those that don't know, that's Norman Cook as well as Lindy. And the other tracks, uh, I'm going to go for uh, All This Love I'm Giving by Gwen McRae, bit of a club classic from the from the late 70s. And I'll probably finish with Lauren Hill, Do What. That thing. Yeah, that would always go off. Mm. Yeah. I love it. Well, again, before we wrap things up as well, let's get a couple of worst guests. Oh, my God. Chris Glasson has genuinely (laughs) just entered the chat as we're about to end. I did message him. (laughs) I messaged him as well. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) As if you've turned up as as we're wrapping things up. How's it going, mate? Oh, I'm so sorry, guys. You skiing? No, I just feel so bad. I've just seen both <laughs> been snowboarding, yeah. I've been skiing, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I thought I was doing the, uh, the, the graveyard mean, set, obviously. Can we Chris. leave Chris to finish up and we go home on a podcast? I don't think that works, really, does it? <laughs> <laughs> That's Chris, all good, defi- mate. Oh, guys, Chris, I'm so sorry. Define resident for me. Resident. If you're a resident, what does that mean? <laughs> Rel- being there being reliable being there. being there but I mean I was never <laughs> either of those about two that. things well, we, we were so. just about to talk about the worst DJs that we had there before we uh, uh, wrap up but is there anything any memories that you'd like to sling in or moments because we're genuinely we're 90 minutes in at this point mate so we're <laughs> the lights have been turned on <laughs> the security have started to <laughs> Getting everyone out. I have, I, I have no memories. I have no memories from lizards because I was always so drunk. Um, no, I, um, plenty. Even from the sweat dripping from the ceilings at, uh, at South End when we did uh, uh, pre book club, yeah. when we did lizards impressive. down there, I thought that was amazing. I was playing some of Bill's songs the other day and just thinking, like, just always liking his selection of tunes and obviously always fearing coming on after Ross as well. When I have a little cut-up in my studio on my own, a a one-man Lizards party, I regularly end up dropping a few of Bill's mixes and his his mash-ups that, yeah, there's some gold there, right? Yeah, you will. Yeah, we'll have to uh, reinvestigate, have a look at those those records again. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, well, just one other personal memory is I remember getting punched repeatedly in the stomach by a drunk punter. Uh, the girl had I, come in the booth, had Yeah, she? she just started punching me in the stomach because I didn't know some obscure Irish band she wanted me to play. Obviously, yeah. no doubt, the time where you pressed pause and, and turned your own thing off. Uh, yeah, we got into that. There's nothing worse than being like attacked, you know, in and around book club. That's horrible. The thought of just like walking well, out of a night That's out. what we're ending on, mate. That's what we're ending on. So it's good that Chris has turned up. Um, but yeah, you're completely right. And I think me, Chris and Bill got a good unspoken thing going on for a while where if one of us was DJing, the other would be by the gate. So we would take the request or stupid comment and then we'd just come over and whisper and just say, shake your head and I'll go back and say you haven't got it. Just just because it stopped us having to deal with it. Because again, it's not a jukebox. And I know that sounds kind of wanky and arrogant, but the reason we booked all of you guys was because we trusted your selection so again it's different if the if the club's dead but if you've got the full dance floor going crazy you might not play what this one person has come up and requested because it's working and they'd often not understand kind of the nuance of a bill set like the the way it's planned to go up and down and change genres you can't just go stop that and play another song unless you say watch this beforehand but yeah, I thought that was a good thing that we developed in the last few years of covering each other's backs because there was a period where you just watch on and see a DJ who's trying to get onto the next track or decide what to play next, having to deal with drunk people going, can you give a birthday shout out <laughs> and and so on and so forth. Well, we were really close to the crowd. Like, it's yeah, not we were really in DJ the crowd, boost. essentially, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. DJ boost, like there were people can reach over. I mean, the amount of pints that one of us has grabbed or saved a MacBook or... That was another thing where we'd, again, for some reason I remember mm. it as, as, as me, Chris and Bill specifically, but being on that duty of someone genuinely reaches over and tries to put their pint down on the decks... Yeah. on the CDJs, and it'll be a swoop in, so Bill doesn't have to deal with it because he's in the middle of a set, a swoop in and just push the drink on the floor or get rid of it or do or whatever you need to do. Yeah, to, or, or drunk people me. leaning in, trying to watch Ross scratch and yep. stuff like that, and they're just leaning yep. over a bit too much, and you think this is you know, this is all going to end in tears. Chris, I've already apologised for that so many times, but you always bring it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and that was a good thing. It was a good few years in, until they bought, they put a chain in that meant that we could block people from getting in the booth. And I was, I know you guys weren't, but I was a master of keeping that chain barrier on so people couldn't just stroll in and out. Because of, as I said, I remember the one where a drunk girl walked in and I thought it was when Chris was single, I thought there was a bit of flirting going on because this girl was there for a long time chatting in Chris's ear. And then I thought, is she punching him in the stomach? (laughs) (laughs) I thought maybe it's time to intervene uh, I mean, that, and escort yeah. them out of the booth. It could that could be like the same reaction. Yeah, I, I, I often got so. I yeah. mean, it's got to get a mention, or or, or let's talk of of a romance at the book club because I remember <laughs> having a bad moment where a girl I was seeing, and we've talked about how clean the club was, how we didn't really have any trouble or a drug problem. I remember a girl I was seeing taking our mate Aaron into the toilet. To to do coke with her and I was like this isn't what I want this is the two people I know that are in the club and you're doing drugs that aren't allowed so that was a problem and we had that one or two times where mates had come up from Essex and 
we're doing things that we can't allow and it's a really awkward conversation of nah can you stop <laughs> clearly doing drugs in our club it's our club but on a positive one chris met his missus yeah. at, the, at the club which yeah. is a massive one right because yeah. you now live together you've got a place in margate it's big things well, right i've got big i've got a, one of you guys i've got to thank i don't imagine it's stew um <laughs> sorry mate just to throw that straight out there only because it was on later and 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 Stu tends to he's got the business end of the night to deal with so he t- tends to be on early and done many a great set early as well may i add as, as offensive as i normally am to Stu, i've always thought you got a great tune selection yeah um i've totally lost where i was going with that story and oh yeah not- so one of you guys i've got to thank um one of you played nelly getting hot in here yep who would I that used have to been? Play that. Yeah, oh, so I used Pip, to play that Pip, Pip yeah. in many ways, maybe, maybe that was the thing, because uh, we started dancing to that. I saw Molly was wearing some sort of My Little Pony onesie, and that song came on, and I just and I was like, okay, try and dance, try and dance near her, and she didn't run yeah. off in fear. Great. So that was it, Matt. That was it. That was that was the romance made, and she so, yeah. slagged you off. For one of your song selections, She's, right? Yeah, which yeah, which yeah. was a song that you used to play, and I would always get annoyed and slag you off for. Yeah. So I was pleased that. Yeah, she contacted me. That. She stalked me on Facebook and um, then said, Did you play uh, um, whatever Soldier song? Boy? Soldier wasn't it? Boy, that was it. Because <laughs> um, the beat matched what I was playing, and I don't mind that song. And I said, Well, is this because, you know, some of the lyrics are not exactly the most uh, romantic and quite misogynistic? And she was like, no, I just think it's just a shit song. I was like, okay, cool. Same. You found me on Facebook to have a go at me. <laughs> so, yeah. To tell me my song selection was shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Well, let's speak, as said, a little bit about the worst guests because we've done loads on the best guests and people might not be comfortable, but I've got two I want to slag off. I've so, got a good one. I've got a great go on, one. Bill. Do you want to start? Okay, so this is not about the person's DJing. This is about... DJ booth etiquette, okay? Right. So Are we going to name them? I'm going to, right? Because I know and exactly what you're talking about. I'm going to, but it's with the best intentions and it's the person is great and a great DJ, but it's just, it just makes me laugh. Still to this day, it's someone I've given a shout out already, I think, for a song selection that I nicked off of him, but go on. It uh, might not yeah, be. yeah, I think it is. Well, well you... I, do I get a green light, Pip, if it's who yeah, I think... Yeah, go, 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 go. Right. So You've said I'm, it respectfully. So I'm running late for my set, as we all know. I'm in there two minutes before I've got to play. And I go to get in the DJ booth, and the DJ has two friends. One of them is drunk and dancing, and it's like legs and arms and heads, and I can't get in the DJ booth for <laughs> limbs, right? So I'm there like trying to go under an arm or under the legs or through the DJ booth to, to kind of get there for my set. Stu's looking at me and laughing, thinking, look at this idiot. Get to the, the decks... How you doing? Nice to meet you. Put my USB in to set, ready to go. And it's Don Letts is playing. And Don Letts is playing a killer set. And everyone's sort of, sort of dub. Uh, One of the coolest DJs. He'd bring yeah, his own yeah. microphone thing. I know it was a single ear headphone, wasn't it? It was like on a stick that he just put up to his ear. He just, yeah, the bollocks. So Don's, Don's doing his thing and killing it. And it's like dead on 10 o'clock or whatever. And I'm ready to go. And uh, I'm just setting my tune up and Don plays his last tune of the night and he looks to me and he says to me, don't turn this record off, play this record to the very end. And I'm like, okay, fine, resident Mm -hmm. DJ, whatever. Hits play and it's a 10-minute dubstep record. So 10 minutes of my set is just wobbly, wobbling out. I'm just standing there. 
So, yeah, yeah, difficult to get in the booth, quite difficult to stand there. And I've never been told, play a record to the end. Damn right. Um, yeah, it still gives me chills this day. I've got kind of the opposite of of that, Bill, of that c- cutting your the start of your, your set short. When we did Brighton and we had Africa Bombata, very excited, you know, a legendary DJ, iconic, but it had been set up through the club. So, so the club had kind of lined him up. <laughs> so he was unaware that this was our club night. So I'm on DJing. I'm going on before him, having a really good set. And there's a lot of people there who are up th- th- there for us and a lot who are there for Bambata. But um, it was a club night. It wasn't like it was a gig. It was a club night and he was the headline DJ. I'm playing my set. The guy, his hype man comes on to set things up. I was like, are you ready to go? He's like, no, play a couple more songs. So I'm like, all right. So I'm playing more songs he says like feel x amount of time so i'm playing away still haven't finished my hour but he's he's setting up around me and then when he decides he's ready he just turns it off mid-song just leans over turns the master down unplugs my deck and plugs in the thing he was plugging in and so there's a good few minutes of silence as he sets up and then he gets on the mic and is like are you all ready for Africa Bombarda? One of the greatest DJs, the man who invented hit and all this appropriate stuff. But it was a mind blowing from a, a, a one for me as one of the organizers and one of, and the person whose face is on the flyers to have a guy just go, right, you're done. I'm, I'm setting up now. And then it wasn't a good set. I'd never seen anything yeah. like that. It blew my mind as I watched him yeah. unplug <laughs> the deck. Yeah. Whilst you're still DJing, I was Everyone like... Everyone in the room what's going looks on? around. I'm having to be like, all right, well, I've not got we- a mic or anything, so I can't <laughs> explain anything. So just the club goes quiet halfway through a song and he continues to s- s- set up. And then, as I said, I think African Babata is... He invented hip-hop. He's in the absolute godfather. It wasn't a great s- set at this point, it was it? And I don't mind... Yeah saying this because there's been some horrible things that have come out mm, about him in recent years yeah. so it sounds like he was a bit of a cunt anyway mm. but yeah it was a bad set and his hype man would be like he's dj and he's like yo make some noises you if you love michael jackson are you a fan of the king of pop michael jackson makes it get everyone to make some noise and th- then he'd drop like the girl is mine or like a, 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 a slow michael jackson song like a romantic one like what are you doing why are you <laughs> Why have you done this? Ebony and Ivory or some shit in a club at 1am. So, yeah, that was a ben. a worst DJ f- for me. Um, and the other one that I had come to mind was um, when Stu DJed for Madness. Yes, that was what I was hoping was going to come up. <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. Because <laughs> we'd booked Madness and it turns out they'd planned their tracks but didn't know how to use decks. And that... That was a thing that we encountered sometimes because we'd book a real variation of people. Some of them, it would turn out, are masters. And s- some of them, s- songs, uh, song selectors, which is absolutely fine. You don't have to mix it. And some just said, here's my tracks. Can you play them? So Stu then, out yeah. of nowhere, <laughs> was unexpectedly in the headline slot playing track one on that disc and then track one on that disc and then track two on that disc, and then track two on that disc, as as one of the lads from Madness was just having it. Wasn't it two CDs pulled out of a suit pocket, though? That it was like, <laughs> yeah. I've, got, I've yeah. got, where's your music? And then I've got this. Okay, where's 
you know you need another CD? Oh, yeah, I've got the other CD. And that was it, <laughs> two CDs, 20 tracks. Wow. Yeah, it was. And, I mean, to spin that, can I just say that when you did book guest DJs and, and you wasn't going through agencies getting the club DJs that are DJing at every other venue, you're, you're trying to kind of dig a little deeper or you're pulling favours, sometimes it's not what you necessarily get. You get the name which the venue would always put pressure on us really to kind of name deliver France, names. Yeah. Yep, so there was always that they could market the night off of. But for me, that was always a worry. That was always like, what are they going to play? Because theoretically, they're going to yeah. get a prime time slot. And what they haven't got is 10 years of experience of that crowd, that venue, and knowing what everybody on this screen right here is going to play. So for me... As much as we had some great stories, some amazing guests, some not so great guests, you know, rare. Yeah, of course. You know, the guests weren't quite what we wanted. But I think that is just testament to yeah. the, the the residents that made that night what it was. And and as for somebody that is a club promoter as well, 10 years for a club night, that's fucking rare. Well, let's talk about calling it a day then, because it was a, it was something that I talked to Stu about for a good year or so of kind of, look, I'm thinking it might be time to wrap this up. Because, as you say, it remained b- busy. Our, our whole last year there was pretty much everyone was sold out. They were, And we were the busiest of all the nights on at the book club for a long time as well. We were their cash cow as such. Mm-hmm. But we had noticed a change in the crowd. Mm. So it was still busy, but it wasn't necessarily our crowd anymore. So f- financially, great. Who gives a shit? The money's in our pockets. It's all good. It's a, 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 f- a fulfilled room. But I became more and more aware that maybe we're not what this crowd needs or wants. Um, and again, we'd still get a load of people who were there for us and who came all the time. I want to mention one of them and give a specific sh- shout out. But um, in fact, I'll do it now. Keyword poet. Do you remember or, or the book, keyword novelist? The book, the book reading lad. Keyword, keyword novelist Luke. No, no, no. Keyword novelist Luke came along from Canada, I think. Yeah, and Luke Angie. Yeah, he'd come all the way from America or Canada, and he was only in town for a few days. And the only night out he wanted to have was at Lizards, and he enjoyed it so much he got a tattoo of the book club logo afterwards to commemorate it. Wow. And yeah, wow. Absolute dude. madness, but Such yeah. So we guy. had our regulars. Such a lovely guy. It did change. It was more, s- 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 kind of more city boys, but more just more people coming out out from Essex. And the reason we didn't do our club night in Essex is because Stu, you've done club nights in Essex for a long time, and you know it's a harder crowd to <laughs> control or make sure it's a good vibe constantly because there's uh, you've got the training, you've got wankered on the way there, you've got a bag of coke in your pants or in your socks. And it's, yeah, it's not always the best vibe. So, yeah, that was kind of why it, it changed and we decided. My thought was I'd rather we go, as with all things I tend to do, it's like I'd rather we go out while we're still sold out, we're still bringing in numbers. And there were some changes at the book club that annoyed us. There was, as I said, we've given a shout-out mm-hmm. to, to Miguel being a legend. Oh, Miguel. It also felt like they were starting... They changed the deal that we were on. They started to... There was a new manager who came in briefly who was just asking stuff of us where we were like, well, we're the busiest night. It works. 
Why are we being pressured to change what we do? My thought was I'd rather we leave than change what we are lizards is. I think any club night that evolves, and and I think you you have to, as as a DJ, you have to give them what they want a certain degree. And if you can do that whilst retaining your integrity, then you're winning. And I think if all of a sudden you feel like you're compromising the ethos of the night or that, you know, that integrity and maybe playing some songs that you wouldn't normally play just because you keep getting asked for them, then the night's losing its identity and everything that we kind of wanted it to be and everything that we're all about. So I think that was one of the things that, you know, I took from it. And, you know, it, it was financially great, but I'm glad that we was, we, we'd done what we'd done and just went, look, 10 years, we've had a brilliant time. We're still all mates, you know, um, let, let's, let's quit while we're winning. Yeah. I agree. Well, th- that's kind of where we wrap it up. I think two things. I think at some point uh, we should maybe do a one-off. I miss it, man. Um, I miss it. I whether really that's miss the, the, I miss the fun. Again, I miss Just with you, seeing everyone really. and listening yeah, absolutely. to these sets. But part of me also thinks maybe we do a one-off in my studio and find somewhere <laughs> where we can stream it live and we just have a little uh, a, a Lizard's... A, a reunion and party. Am I allowed to drink over your turntables? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Right, Fine. can have a rattle time. So we'll talk about that and figure out how we can do that at some point. But you say we're all still friends. Let's wrap things up with that one night where Chris and Stu weren't friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Stu, would I you would, like I to... I thought uh, we were close all the way through it. It was just a, a... It was just weird. And I still don't know it because... Obviously, of, of all the people here, you know, I've known Ross since we were kids. and But obviously, Chris and I work together. You know, we do the clothes label. We do the podcast. We're thick as thieves and probably know each other better than, you know, <laughs> we probably know a lot of the other guys on this, this call here. Uh, and so mm. one of the things I never expected was at the end of the night when you're just walking back to the car Everybody's been paid. Everybody's had a great <laughs> night. Everybody's had a couple of drinks. Chris has had a, probably a lot more than everyone else. Um, normally, he used to hump my leg. He would be in the <laughs> DJ booth when I was DJing and would fuck my leg like a dog. That hadn't happened that night. So he put a weird spin on it. And just as we was walking to the car, just run up and just soccer kicked me in the leg. Just treat a main cape miserable, mate. <laughs> I honestly show sure, I can't I can't for the life of me. It just came out of me. It's, it was all the, the years karate training. Ross knows what it's like. Ross is a Ross is a loaded gun and it just so, came out. So, so you did that big kick and then we got in the car and Stu was clearly quiet and oh, grumpy yeah. and wouldn't talk. And then you made a joke about his uh, either a mate or a relative had died recently. Uh, it was his nan had died. So he was he wasn't Who's talking to you and Chris said something like you sad about your nanny dying <laughs> or something like that, which just meant Stu remained quiet. And me and my brother are in the front just hearing Chris going, oh, oh, I think are you, he's really, he's not, he's looking, he won't look at me. And he was like, just really just continuing to have the conversation with Stu so angry. He's l- looking out the window and not talking. And then we got, we dropped off Stu and Stu was like, it's too the- late, lads. I just out the car and into his house with no. Oh, mate, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I mis- misread the situation. <laughs> it's only the fact that I know 
no, how much no, of an idiot no, he is no. that he wouldn't normally so do that. that. You know, it was a classic. It was. A- <laughs> It was a classic. But I've never seen Stu that angry. And to be fair, when we were driving Chris home, he was then equally offensive to me and to him. <laughs> both, it was a rare night for Chris. By the end of the night, both of us were just like, see you later, mate. Just get him out of the car. Get him out of the car. But Assistant, yeah. mate. As, I mean, Chris, you've not been here for us mm. talking about the key role that you played as... A brilliant DJ Bez. on early or late, but also exactly that as our hype man, just mm. being there to bring all of us up. My DJ uh. sets, obviously when we were DJing together, but also afterwards just mm-hmm. having an excited, drunk Chris going off at tracks just gave you that confidence of like, this is this is the way to go. So yeah, if I don't want you to feel like all we're talking about is that one oh, no, negative. I, 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 yeah, we've, we've praised all the positives when yeah, you were... Yeah on the ski lift i couldn't have had a, a, i had such a great <laughs> um, i couldn't have had a better time those 10 years guys so yeah i mean you're you're all great djs good friends um and I'd, I'd love for us to get together and have another have another blast yeah well we you, you missed us selecting five tracks each and we're out of time so, so you're just gonna have to go with fats and smalls um as your classic. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been a pleasure, gents. Bill, thank you for for coming on and having a catch up. And what are you up to? Let's get plugs in. Where can people find more and keep up to date with Discotech credits? Uh, well, I'm, it's all back on. So post pandemic, people want to go out to party. So I'm doing uh, the pool parties over at the Ned at Bank, which has been really good. Nice, nice crowd over there. So shout out to Johnny and all the all those guys. Uh, we start a new night in Knightsbridge on Friday night. We're doing a spirit of disco night at a new venue called Percy's. So I'm booking the DJs. Um, Sam, Red- Sam Redmore is going to come down and play for us, which is looking forward to that. Talking Amazing. to Ross about Ross coming down in November. So we'll work that out. Uh, and then, yeah, just I've been doing London Bridge Rooftop and I put some garage music out over summer. So it's busy, more busier than ever. So um, as one thing closes, you kind of think about what ne- what is next. So uh, basically, we are, we are lizards. Closing is the best thing that's happened to me in the last. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people keep up to date with all that you're doing? You're on Instagram. You're on yeah, just discotheque credits, um, SoundCloud. Where all my, all my mixes are, uh, and there's a Bandcamp. It's out there. There's there's Boom. naughty bootlegs out there if you want to go and find them. If you're a DJ, Ross, how about you, mate? Yeah, you can keep up to date with all what I'm doing on my um, social medias. Um, and it's check, DJ Destruction, check, right? Yeah. It, um, on Instagram, it's DJ Destruction UK and Facebook. You can find me. But if you want to watch some of my DJ sets, check me out on YouTube. There's lots of sets on there from disco to funk to old school hip hop, lizard style sets. I'm Love always it. updating that. And um, yeah, I've got a, a record out as well at the moment. Just a little plug. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So um, I've got a few copies left, only a few left on the band camp, uh, which is a, a label I've set up with a good friend of mine, DJ Specific, uh, on Wise Cut Records. So go check out the band camp. And um, it's a mashup of old funk and break beats, old school hip hop. So if that's your thing, go and check that out. Yeah, look forward to seeing you guys again soon and yeah. uh, having a bit of a get-together. Let's do it. And Chris and Stu, obviously you're on here all the time, so is there anything that you want to... <laughs> well, we've, we've, yeah, we've, we've, um, 
We've also yeah, released yeah, the remix. Yeah, we did. Um, with uh, the aforementioned yeah, DJ Yoda that we've spoke about so much. You know, we, we uh, one of the listeners of, of Chris and I's podcast, uh, Mike Lewis, owns Lewis Recordings, that looks after uh, Yoda, reached out to us and said, look, you know, would you be interested in releasing your podcast on vinyl? And we spoke to DJ Yoda about his top five. Was it Golden Era Hip Hop tunes? Golden Era Hip Hop, mate. It was incredible. Uh, he ends the vinyl with a saying fresh. So it's perfect for scratching because he'd always wanted to do that. Genius. And the artwork and the album is just, it just looks absolutely incredible. Uh, my cousin drew, did the artwork, which was a play on a uh, Strangely Planet Rock, I believe. Shout out to Robbie. And uh, yeah, shout out. Renegade, Renegade to front. To front. Thank you, Stu, for, for clarifying that. Yeah, it, it was wicked. It was such so fun recording with him and just another one of the amazing DJs we had come and play for us. And that's available at Rough Trade <clears throat> uh, on, on vinyl uh, and picture disc. Amazing. Cool. Well, thank you very much, gents. It's been a bloody pleasure. Nice one, Pip. Nice one, Stu, Chris, because it's you guys that started it. You know, we all come together. It's been it was a great run. It's like even looking back at that playlist, like... It's nice to put oh. try and put try and put a hundred tracks together that sum up your mates' DJ sets and the music we played. We kind of cracked it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. As I said, there's a hundred track playlist. Uh, what's it called, Bill? It's called We Were Lizards in brackets Hot Joints. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure, lads. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. Of course, old Chrissy Goldtouch turned up in the end. <laughs> so mad that he didn't, he, he missed the, the podcast that he chose the time and date for us to record. Um, but he got there in the end, eh? He got there in the end and added some classic Chris Gold. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. I'll be back n- next week with more wonderful chatter. Hit us up on the the socials. Let us know your thoughts. If you've got any memories of of We Are Lizards that you want to share, come and I'm sure all of us would love to hear them. Obviously, in the tweet or in the Instagram post I put out about these episodes, I will have tagged everyone in them. So, um, yeah, enjoy that. And um, I'll see you next week. Ta-ta.